Well, today we're continuing our Building Blocks of Life at LifeSpring series. We're taking the month of January to look at our values at LifeSpring, and we call the values our building blocks. Uh, our building blocks, there's eight of them. If we want to put them up on screen, I'd love it if you'd read, read these with me. Number one, Word of God. You can read them out loud with me. So number one, Word of God, Jesus, prayer, worship, community, marriage, children, win, build, sin. That is our purpose statement. Because we love God, because we love others, we will win people to Christ. We will build strong disciples and we send out missional leaders. Since we only have four weeks, I'm not going to be able to cover all of these areas uh, into detail, but I will uh, be able to cover a few of them. Last week we talked about the Word of God and today we're going to be covering our third building block, which is prayer. Prayer and worship, they're probably two of the most misunderstood terms that we have in all of Christianity because they're pretty common terms. We're familiar with them. We've all heard them. We have a concept of what they mean. But today, I, I believe God would really want to bring a clarity into what prayer really is and explore it. Hopefully we have time to explore what kind of role it should play in each of our daily lives. I, I think it's going to be good. If you look up prayer in the dictionary, the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it defines prayer as this. It's an address. It's a petition to God or to gods or, or a celestial being in word or in thought. Right? And we kind of understand that. And in the world that we live in, this idea of prayer, it kind of goes like this. Right? You say, oh, God or gods or whoever you are. Right? <laughs> oh, you. If you exist somewhere out there in the cosmos, whoever you might be, would you please hear this prayer? Right? That's kind of how the prayer goes. And if you're like me and most of the people in this world, following that prayer goes, would you please let he or she like me, right? It, it goes into the dating world. Um, some of my most intense prayers were in eighth grade. Oh, Lord, would you just please let her call me? Please let her call me. Please let her call me. In the next 15 minutes, would you let her call me? All right, in the next 30 minutes, would you please let her call me? Okay, in the next week, would you just please let her call me? Is that just me or did anyone else do that? Absolutely. So that's kind of what we get with the prayer. It's this weird kind of, we just kind of throw it out there. Hopefully there's a guy somewhere out there, up there, wherever he might be, that will hear my prayer. Another thing we do with prayer, and we do this whether we're Christians or non-Christians, whether we believe God or, or whether we don't think there is a God, uh, when there's a tragedy that hits, we say this. We say, our thoughts and prayers go out to the family, right? It's very popular. We go, my thoughts and prayers are, my, my thoughts and prayers are with you. Uh, lately, or just last Sunday actually, Stuart Scott, an amazing uh, sportscaster, ESPN personality, 20 years uh, uh, on TV, uh, very talented guy. He died at the age of 49 of cancer. And it was a tragedy, but I, I can't believe how many people on television, they said that their thoughts and prayers were going to his family. And thoughts and prayers, this phrase of thoughts and prayers, it's always kind of confused me a little bit, especially thoughts, right? I'm thinking about you. I've always just wondered what that means. Like, Colby, I'm thinking about you. Like, Colby, 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 Colby. Like, that doesn't do anything. Like, you can think about him all day. There's nothing that happens by me thinking about Colby. Or, or prayer, the idea of saying, I'm going to be praying for you. Now, I, I wonder if the person that said that on the TV, when the TV cameras were turned off, if they actually went and said, Lord God, would you be with Stuart Scott's family? God, would you encourage them? Would you let them know that you're with him? Would you remind them that you love them and care for them and have a plan for their lives? I, I wonder. I think maybe some of the analysts did because some of the analysts love God and follow Jesus as the Lord and Savior. But many of them, what were they saying when they said that? 
it, it was just a phrase of sympathy, right? Because we don't know what else to say. There's a tragedy. And so we say, oh, I'll be praying for you. And, or my thoughts and prayers go out to you. Have you ever used that phrase before? I have used that phrase many times in my life. And often, I didn't pray for the person. As bad as that sounds, we've all done that. Where we say, yeah, I'll be praying for you. And we don't actually end up praying for the person. And again, I, I think it's just like in those times, or kind of awkward times, we don't know what else to say, so we kind of use that phrase. But today, you know, I'd love to get past, I think God would want us to get past, where we just kind of use prayer as a way to show sympathy for someone, but that when we say we're going to be praying for someone, we would actually pray for someone. Right? And, and, I, and I, in my own life, here's the deal. If, if you know me nowadays, if I say I'll be praying for you, normally the next words out of my mouth will be, Dear Jesus, <laughs> would you blah, 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 right? I end up praying for you. And, and the reality is I, I didn't do that growing up. But as I've grown and matured in my walk with Jesus... I just, within me, the deepest parts of who I am, I want the idea of me praying for you to actually result in a prayer. Right? Not just an encouraging phrase, not just a form of sympathy, but if I'm going to say I'm praying for you, that I'm going to pray for you. And then, this is a question, I want you to answer this question. When we're praying for someone, who are we praying to? Not a trick question. God, Jesus, yeah. So this is important to understand. When I'm praying, I'm not just praying for you. Like, I pray, and the prayer comes out, and it just kind of floats around. Right? No, I'm praying to God for you. Does that make sense? I'm praying to God for you. I'm praying to God. It goes directly to God on your behalf. It doesn't have to go through the angels or through the pastor or the priest. My prayer goes directly to God. First John chapter 5, it tells exactly this, that we have a confidence that God hears us when we pray. Isn't that beautiful? That as a Christian, as, I mean, sometimes I just feel like a little ant in this really big, you know, insignificance. You know, like, wow, this universe is huge and I'm really teeny tiny. But God says that when you pray, he what? He hears us. This is important to understand. He hears us. So my prayer is not some yoga meditation chant to get me into a peaceful state of mind. My prayer isn't some kind of thing where I get all the bad stuff out and I take all the good stuff in. My prayer isn't an exercise of me being one with the universe. My prayer is not a bumper sticker. It's not a poster. It's not a motivational, uh, uh, motivational phrase to try to get me on the right track. No, see, my prayer, my prayer is a direct conversation between me and Lord Most High. When I'm praying for you or anyone or anything else, I am praying to God. And I'm praying with my God. It does... Not just float around to give me some good vibes. And it's weird what we've made prayer. It's, that's not what it is. It is me directly communicating with God. And by the way, some of us also might struggle with this. Prayer is not an attempt just to get some really cool things out of God. Right? He's not a spiritual ATM machine where if you put in the prayer, something else pops out. Right? I mean, he does that every once in a while, but the fact that we just say, oh man, I'm going to get some good stuff, hit me the jackpot tonight. Or is that just me once again? But it's amazing what people have turned prayer into. I was searching on the internet on YouTube. Terrible idea. Waste of time. But I, I searched prayer. Oh, wow. There were some prayers on YouTube. And one of the prayers, really popular, was this prayer of abundance. And actually, there's more than one prayer of abundance. There's several prayers of abundance on the internet. And so I watched this one. And I'm actually not going to even waste your time reading it. But the person that described this prayer of abundance, this is what she said about it. So this is her description of this prayer of abundance. 
I stumbled upon this prayer online by accident. The minute I started reading through the first few lines, I had goosebumps all over my body. And to me, this was a very good sign. I've finally found the perfect abundance prayer that complements my mind movies and affirmations. This prayer is by far the most powerful abundance prayer I've ever used. It has kept me focused and in tune at all times. Hope this abundance prayer will have the same effect on all of you who ever use it. Use this prayer daily for a fast manifestation of your goals and desires. This has already brought so much blessings to all of those who use it, including me. It's a powerful tool of applying the law of attraction in your life. Try it. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. What a bunch of hooey. Are you kidding me? That's not prayer. You know what that is? That's a magic trick. And she says, just pray all of them until you find the one that finally works, right? Just, well, that prayer of abundance, that was lame. You know, but then finally you get to the one where you get the abundance. Whatever. You know what I mean? It, it just drives me nuts. Prayer gets so confused in this world. But people are really into prayer. And I, I'm just trying to break it down to what it really is. It's communication between me and God. A two-way conversation between me and the Lord of all creation. I found this video. I think the video explains it really well, better than I ever could. So let's go ahead and watch this video, and I hope you guys enjoy it. You can talk to people in many ways. You can pick up the telephone, send an email, write a letter, or even hire a light aircraft and fly a banner across the sky. But if you want to talk to God, you pray. People pray in many different ways. Eyes open, eyes closed, heads up, heads down, hands together, hands in the air, hands open. And some people have developed even more elaborate methods. Prayer can be about anything. It's about how you feel, the good stuff and the bad stuff. A bit like having a really honest conversation, but with God. But it's like having a conversation. So there's no need to use special words or go to a special place because you can pray anywhere. Like a sofa, the park, in the office, a church, a supermarket, in bed, the beach, on your own, in a group or on your own again, or when you're otherwise engaged. And you can pray at any time. And like having a conversation, the better you get to know God, the better it becomes. And the best thing is, God talks back. Sometimes in ways we don't expect, sometimes with answers we don't always understand. But if you think He hasn't heard you, you'd be surprised by what He hears. You'd be surprised by what He knows. good so if prayer is communicating with god if we're honest i would say this that it often starts with god speaking to us because we always think of prayer being initiated by us right i am going to pray to god but if we're honest often it starts with god communicating to us that's what you find in the bible right god talks to adam god calls abraham and moses and noah and Samuel, and the disciples, and the Apostle Paul. You see it again and again and again. And then what do they do? They respond to the voice of God. Many of our prayers begin this way. When I'm actually, because think about it, like, I'm not, you know, here's the deal. I just got a lot of flaws. So often I'm just kind of living my life, and I'm not thinking about God, and I'm just doing my own thing, my, my own business, kind of selfish, kind of egotistical, 
In fact, I've just forgot God. Or if I haven't forgotten him, I'm ignoring him. And then what does he do? He says, Dan, <laughs> I want you to do this. Right? It's not me like, oh, God, I need to find you. No, it's me actually wayward, me doing something I shouldn't be doing. He says, Dan, I want you to do this. Or, Dan, I want you to do that. Or often, Dan, why in the world are you doing that? God speaks to me, and then what do I do? I respond to the voice of God. By the way, you don't have to respond to the voice of God. Have you noticed that? But yet, there he is, calling you. And we have the privilege of responding to his voice. And I would call that a dialogue. I would call that a conversation. I would call that prayer. You see this in the scriptures again and again and again. Samuel, remember Samuel? What a beautiful story Samuel is. Remember? How many times did the Lord call Samuel before he finally responded to God? Do you remember? Three times, right? Three times. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Finally, he realizes with the help of Eli that it's God. And, and what does he say to God? He says, speak, for your servant is listening. The New Testament has a great example. The Lord calls Saul. Remember Saul? He's on the road to Damascus. Was he going to help the Christians out? You remember that? <laughs> Was he there to throw a big party for him? No. He was there to cause some trouble for those Christians. Remember what he said? He, he said, Saul, let's say this together. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And then they had a dialogue. Paul responded. Do you believe that God is still doing that today? I, I do. I honestly believe that God wants to speak to us still today by his Holy Spirit. He wants to get our attention. He wants to talk to us and, we, and he wants us to respond to his voice. He does this in my life when I'm reading his word. I don't know about you guys, but as I read the Word of God, He begins to speak to me. I was reading uh, the, through the Bible passage this week, and I was going through the reading plan, and the Lord began to speak to me. We were reading um, the story of Jairus. Remember Jairus and his daughter, really sick, and then she ends up, remember what happens to Jairus' daughter? She, yeah, she dies. Um, that was dying. Um, so she dies. So then Jairus is like, you know, we shouldn't even bother Jesus anymore. You know, my daughter's dead. But then Jesus says an amazing thing to him. He says, don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. Well, I read that, and when I read that, this is what the Lord spoke to me. Dan, why do you worry so much? All right, God, you want to get honest here? And I began to be honest with the Lord and told him why I worry so much. And we began to dialogue. We had a conversation. You know what I call that? That I was praying to God. And I hope that we all have these times with the Lord, these individual times with the Lord where we pray to Him. I, and I would add this, that God who loves you so much that I think He would desire a little more time with you. Right? If you're honest, He'd probably love to have a couple of more conversations with you. So try it out. Try it out. Pray to God. So you've got the individual times of prayer, but then we also have these corporate times of prayer. We've already seen this shown today, Sunday morning, several times. We have a group Monday nights, the first Monday night of every month that prays together. Sunday mornings, I mean, it's before service, during service. My favorite part, which actually does probably give me goosebumps, is when I see people praying for one another after service. You ever seen that? And that just, it's beautiful to me to see the body of Christ rising up and praying for one another. We have prayer in the Birch family. We try to pray before every meal. It, it isn't always exactly before every meal, but we try our darndest. Maybe you've been on a sports team in some kind of athletic competition before you went out to play the game, you prayed together. Or if you're in a life group, um, a small group, you've probably prayed together in your life group. Um, if you don't pray together in your life group, 
I'd love to talk to you because that's actually a really good idea for a life group. Um, it's kind of one of the reasons we do it. But anyways, um, <laughs> we'll just, just get you back on focus. We love you. Encourage you. But it is about God. Anyways, moving on. Corporate prayer happens a lot, right? All the time. Individual and corporate. So I want to encourage you in regards to this corporate prayer. Many of us feel extremely self-conscious when it comes to corporate prayer, right? Praying out loud. In fact, if I went to some of you right now and I put my hand on your shoulder, I said, would you just pray for us right now? You would break out into the coldest of sweats and you'd say, can I be excused? I need to go to the restroom. And you'd conveniently stay in the restroom until the service is over, right? It terrifies you. Because you heard the person next to you pray, and they sound like Billy Graham when they pray, and no way am I going after that person. Right? Heaven comes down every time they open their mouth. But I would just say this for you. If that's how you feel, relax. Relax. Something I've had to learn, too. Stop comparing myself with everyone else, all these other pastors or other people or other Christians. Relax. You know, God, he loves that person to your left. He loves that person to your right, and he loves their prayers. But I want to let you in on a little secret. God loves simple prayers. He can handle the -the over-the-top ones, but He loves the simple prayers. In fact, if there's any real warning in the Bible in regards to prayer, it's actually for people like me who sometimes can go on and on and on. Listen to what the Bible says. It gets me pretty good. (laughs) And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Well, there's the first one. (laughs) For for they love to stand uh and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. It goes on to say, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them. For your Father, He knows what you need before you ask Him. Isn't that good? I love that. See, that, that passage, it, it, I, I hope and I pray, I believe that He should just take the pressure off when we pray. Take the pressure off. I think those scriptures just remind us we don't need a PhD in prayer to be able to pray. There's a sweetness and a simplicity, a beauty to prayer, to true, honest prayer. Don't compare yourself to the person to your left or your right. Just pray. Pray knowing that God already knows what you need before you ask Him. In fact, God so desires to take the pressure off of you when you pray that He gives us a template in His Word. We call it the Lord's Prayer. In fact, let's just practice. Let's all pray to the Lord together and read this out loud. It goes, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Amen. So don't let fancy words and style and mannerisms keep you from praying. Your prayers matter. And we need you to be freed up to pray without being criticized or judged or ridiculed or even evaluated. I just want you to be able to pray. Now, you've got to make sure it's in alignment with the Word of God. Otherwise, it's just that prayer of abundance that kind of floats around to somebody somewhere that might or might not exist. But you want to pray to God. And it also needs to be a prayer of faith. I just encourage you in that. that you don't just go through the motions. I, growing up in, you know, it was a great church, but it was a, uh, 17 years in this uh, Presbyterian church. We did a lot of motions. There was a lot of just kind of, you just said it. And you forgot that it was even a prayer to the Lord, including the Lord's Prayer. Every Sunday, I had it memorized. 
But that there is a prayer, an honest conversation with you and God where you say, God, your will be done. Not my will, but Lord, your name. Hallowed be your name. All glory and honor be to your name. A prayer in faith. But don't, again, I, I just want to stress this point. Don't, don't get so concerned about the details, whether it's loud, soft, long, short. Don't stress about that. It said just be freed up. Freed up to pray. We need your prayers. This community needs your prayers. There's always going to be a mystery to prayer. By the way, I, I, I kind of want it all figured out. Again, in my brain, I want it all figured out. If I pray this kind of prayer, this happens. If I pray this prayer, this happens. If I pray this prayer, this happens. That's who I am. And guess what? I haven't figured it out yet. There still seems to be a mystery to prayer. But there is no mystery that there is power in prayer. Have you experienced that? The power that is in prayer. And if we desire to see God move mightily in this body like never before, then we need to pray like never before. Right now, I think one of the most valuable and important things that we are doing as a church is our Monday night prayer time. Again, first Monday of the month. And I would, I would challenge you, if you the type of person that, as I say that, would say, you know what, that's nice, I'm glad they're doing it, but you know, it's really not for me, then I would say, you know what, it is for you. You're exactly the person that we want there. See, I don't want that time to just be like five professional prayers praying for the rest of us. Like, oh, don't worry about it, I don't need to go, I gotta, they got it covered, like they're really, really good. I'm like, no, no, I want all of us to be there. Your voice is needed, your prayers are needed. I want to show you some Bible verses that talk about prayer. These are just a few, by the way. The Bible is not silent in regards to prayer. The Bible seems to have a thing about prayer. It talks about it a lot. These are just some of the verses. The first one, Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Listen to what happens. Jesus is about to tell a story, a parable to his disciples. Before he tells the parable, he says this. He says, I am telling you this parable to show you that you should always pray and not give up. So how often? When should we pray? Always. Always pray. Uh, Paul, Colossians 4.2, he says, devote yourselves to prayer. Keeping alert with thanksgiving. Devote yourselves to prayer. This word devote, you find it uh, linked to prayer six times in the New Testament. Acts chapter 1 verse 14. These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer. Acts 2.42, the early church continually devoting themselves to prayer. Acts 6.4, the, the apostles, they would devote themselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Romans 12.12, 12, rejoice in hope. Rejoice in hope, persevere in tribulation, and be devoted to prayer. Ephesians 6.18, pray at all times in the Spirit with all perseverance or with all devotion. They are linked together. And what does this mean? To pray a devoted prayer, to be devoted in prayer, it means that you pray often and you pray regularly. You are devoted to it. It means it's not an infrequent kind of hit and miss thing. Being devoted to prayer means that you don't just do it when you feel like it. It means that you are actually taking steps in your life to make sure that it is a part of your regular life, just like brushing your teeth and going to bed are a part of your regular life. You are devoted to prayer. It goes on to, um, with the idea of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 17. Say this with me. It says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. <clears throat> in so many ways, what I would say with pray without ceasing, it just shows that prayer should be a lifestyle. Right? Right? Kind of like worship should be a lifestyle. You don't just come in and now I am worshiping the Lord and the music's off, now I am not worshiping the Lord. No, worship, what is worship? It is a lifestyle of worship, holy and pleasing to God. 
Prayer, the same idea. It's a lifestyle. It is a running dialogue with the Lord. Do, do, do you believe that you can have a running dialogue with the Lord? If He is residing within you, do you think He just takes naps and like takes a break? And then every once in a while, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm up again. What you doing? No, if He's in you, if He's living in you, there's a running dialogue, right? There's a relationship. He's walking with you. He's residing in you. He's speaking to you. So your prayer life is a relationship with God where you can truly pray without ceasing. And the thing, I just want to say this, the thing that we do sometimes as Christians, I do it, you do it, we all do it. We read the Bible, we read pray without ceasing, we go, wow, that is a really neat idea. Have you ever done that? And then you say, someday, right? Someday, I hope I can do that. Right? You read it, you're like, man, that's such a cool, yay God, I'm glad you put that in it. One day I'm going to do that. I just want to encourage you. Scriptures like that, they're not put in the Bible as just like these, I don't know, like these fairy tales, these pipe dream fantasy ideas that will never come true. If that was the case, it would be really depressing. Right? How discouraging is that for Paul to say, I'm going to say something that you can never do. (laughs) Pray without ceasing. I just thought of a bad word after that. But anyways, (laughs) we'll move on. (laughs) But no, he wouldn't say that to you? Paul writes that believing that you can actually do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? That you can do this as a new creation, as someone who has been born again with the Spirit of Christ, with the Spirit of God residing within you, you can pray without ceasing. In fact, if you are living currently with the mentality of someday, I believe that God right now by the power of his Holy Spirit would like to change that mentality from someday to today. I believe that. Your life, some of you, your life will be radically changed if that's the only thing you get out of this message. Is that you come out of here, you read the Bible and you say, God, if it's in your word, it's for me. And if you want me to have that, then I will have it today. And if you want me to pray without ceasing, I'm not going to wait till tomorrow or next week or next year. Right now, Lord, hallelujah, I will pray to you, God. Pray to you, Lord. For you are in me and with me. And if I'm completely honest, I'm about to just begin speaking in tongues, but we're going to control a little bit today. But I'm feeling good. I'm on antibiotics. <laughs> so I just want to encourage you. When it's in the Bible, he doesn't say it to depress you. He, wa- he says it because he actually believes you can do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Another scripture, 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. This one gets me. I, I'm so challenged. I'm, I'm a mess, and I'm challenged by the Bible, and he's gracious enough to help me in this challenge. Listen to this verse. challenges the hay out of me. I urge you then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving be made for everyone. Say everyone. That's the part that gets me. Like, I'm good with praying for you know, family and friends and whatnot, but everyone? Oh, anyone else wrestle with that? Mm. Right? The Sunday morning Christian part of me is like, oh, yeah, I pray for everybody. But the real Dan... And then it's like he sticks the fork in, and then with the next scripture, he takes a turn, doesn't he? He says, I want you to pray for the king and all those in authority that we may live peaceful, quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good. It pleases God, our Savior, who wants all men, say all men, all men and women to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. That's so powerful to me because it means you should be praying for your president, for your governor, 
for your mayor, for all people in authority, for your policemen. And it is, it's just hard sometimes. But I, the other thing in my mind, I, I, I want to do good. I want to be for you, God. I, I, I want to be a Christian, all these things. And I want to please you, God. How can I please you, God? What, what can I do to please you, God? And he's saying, I'm telling you in your words, you just pray for everybody and you, and you will just make me pleased. I will be so happy with you. That's what he just said in his word. You will please me. It is good. Ah. <sighs> Wrestle with that. There it is. Wouldn't that be amazing if we went home? We actually, not just a someday kind of idea, but today, went home, said, Lord, I pray for our government. I pray for our president. I pray for our governor. I pray for the mayors of our cities. I pray for the city officials. I pray for those in any place of authority, Lord, that they would hear your voice, that they'd come to know you in a deeper way, that they'd be led by your spirit that they'd surrender to your will being done instead of their own. Lord, speak to their heart. Guide them. Lead them. How powerful that would be. Because often that is not what I'm thinking. But that is what God charges us to do. And it's not a someday thing, Pastor Dan. Pastor Dan, today, pray for everyone. 1 Timothy 2.8 I desire that in every place the men should pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. Hallelujah. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. We've heard this one before. It has like a sweet, poetic side to it. It fits really well on a poster and, a, and, and on a bumper sticker. But here's the reality. There is a power to this prayer that sometimes we do not understand. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. But let me look at that. Dan, don't be anxious about anything. That's just making me anxious just reading it, right? Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, Pastor Dan, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, uh, that's a tough one too, right? Present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. By the way, the transcends all understanding, that means that everyone else around you, when you say you have the peace of God, they're not going to understand it. Like your, your non-Christian friends or whatever, they're like, you fool. What do you mean you have the peace of God? It transcends understanding. That peace will guard your heart and will guard your mind in Christ Jesus. That's the power of prayer. Don't be anxious about anything, Dan. Every situation, the most dire situation, the most devastating situation, with thanksgiving within your very being. Talk to God. Converse with Him. Have a dialogue. Present your request. And He's not going to leave you hanging. But His peace, peace that passes understanding, will flood your soul, will guard your heart, will guard your mind. Oh, in His precious Son, Jesus Christ. So powerful. And again, that's not a someday prayer. James 5, 14 through 16. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I want to read that again. Is anyone among you sick? 
Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is what? Powerful and effective. Last weekend was an amazing weekend for me because there was a member of our congregation, Carson. Many of you know Carson, Carson and Donna, and they, they do our coffee ministry for us. But he kind of took this whole prayer thing to another level. Carson saw that I was sick, and we're beginning the first service, and as I stand up to start singing, he sits me down, and he anoints my head with oil, and he prays for me to be healed. But then he wasn't done. Between services, he comes over to me, he puts his hands on my chest, and he prays once again for me to be healed. His prayers and the prayers of others like Rich Juman and Jason Dre and Pastor Randy and others, as they prayed for me, it got me through that day. And I know on the outside my body was sick, but on the inside I felt so great. See, my spirit and my soul were having a blast last Sunday morning, much better than any Seahawks game. My spirit and my soul, they were having a good time. My body was just not cooperating. But you know, their prayers, they meant the world to me. And I know that they were both powerful and effective. And with that, I, I wanted to take a moment in our service to be able to actually do that together, to pray for one another. And I know that's kind of a, for some of us, a nerve-wracking thing or an uncomfortable thing, but we've got to make this a safe place. So we're going to get together in groups of four or five, six people. And, and if you don't want to pray for someone, if you don't have a prayer request, those kind of things, don't worry about it. We've got to be mature enough to just let people engage and be a part of it. And don't put pressure on people. Don't judge people. Just get together, and for those that need prayer, we can pray for them, right? Just relax. It's going to be good. And then the other thing, I want to anoint people uh, with oil and pray for those that maybe are sick. And if you want that prayer, um, I will just be standing over here to pray with you. So again, we'll, we'll just take, I don't know, five, ten minutes to do this, and, and we'll pray together uh, for, um, for all those that are sick. Yeah.